Your typical episode guide would probably summarize this episode by saying that it's all about Wheeljack's latest invention, the titular immobilizer. It can stop anything, robots, water, whatever, completely in its tracks. And yes, I suppose in a certain sense, that is what this episode is about. But there's also something a whole lot cooler going on here as well. See, this is the episode where we're introduced to Carly, our first major recurring character of the female persuasion. I guess she's meant to be a love interest for Spike, but it's established here in this episode that Spike isn't old enough to drive, which makes him at best 15. Carly, meanwhile, claims to be a graduate of MIT and can produce the technobabble to back that up. And those of us who have watched ahead know that, yes, they do end up together eventually. But it's pretty clear from this episode that Carly's interests lie in more... unconventional directions. I saw you come in with that cute Autobot. Could you introduce me to him? So yeah, Spike and Bumblebee meet Carly at that haven of mid-80s hangoutery, the video arcade. There, among such memorable titles as Robot Resource, Chew, SFX, Hot, O, and Pan, they chat awkwardly and waste time on the valuable go-to-the-store-for-me mission that Wheeljack sent them on. Carly, in the finest tradition of meddling women characters everywhere, secretly follows them home. On the way, the boys run into Ravage, who plants a bugging device the size of a large watermelon on Bumblebee, apparently unnoticed. Quick thinking and resourceful as ever, Spike manages to defeat the Decepticon with haste by getting a pair of jumper cables, popping the hood of a police car, connecting the jumper cables to the battery, then carefully connecting the other end to Ravage's ears. Rube Goldberg would be proud, kid. They return with Wheeljack's part, and he gives another speech about his immobilizer for the benefit of the Decepticons, who just tuned in via giant watermelon cam. Optimus wisely decides, hey, better late than never, that the thing should probably not be tested indoors this time around, so they all head to a remote stream someplace. Oh, then there's our subplot, where Ironhide feels old and useless and decides to retire. He's beating himself up over the fact that he couldn't tell a hologram from the real thing, a mistake which everybody makes on this show at least once a week, and kinda trashed the place in the process. Hey man, he thought Laserbeak had gotten in. Laserbeak. I don't blame the guy one bit. He also blames himself for letting the Decepticons snatch the immobilizer while he was distracted by Carly. Again, totally justified in my opinion. I, I just wanted to watch. I think you Autobots are totally incredible! In the fighting, we're introduced to Skywarp's Bouncer Bomb, which is an idea that really should never have made it off the drawing board. I cannot imagine a scenario in which things would actually go right using a weapon like this. Oh, and Wheeljack's turn into a lifeless statue by his own immobilizer. Speaking of things that never go right. Carly bats her eyelashes at the big sexy Autobots, and they agree to let her come back to base with them. And pretty much immediately they take her on a tour of the place, including the room where they keep their most deadly weapons. You know, all Megatron really has to do is get one of his guys to dress in drag a la Bugs Bunny, and he'd have total access to everything. In a sudden plot twist that's about as twisty as a 90 degree angle, Carly steals a WMD and charges off to Decepticon HQ to atone for her mistake. And while this is admittedly a terrible idea, she does a lot better for herself than Spike or Sparkplug have to this point. For some reason, the rescue party sort of charges off in different directions at first, which kills an extra minute or two, but eventually Bumblebee and Spike meet up with Ironhide, who decides that this pretty new girl's life is more important than his temper tantrum. Skyfire's here too, but only for long enough to drop Ironhide off. Good for you, man. They'd probably just leave you trapped at the bottom of the ocean anyway. Ironhide ends up rescuing Carly single-handedly anyway, but then the Decepticons show up with their ill-gotten immobilizer. Fortunately, Carly's bright enough to reverse the thing and saves the day. Oh, and she gets there by... tunneling under. Of course. Why walk anywhere when you can dig? This seems to be one of the basic lessons taught by this series. Oh, oh, and Jazz helps with the power of his rock. Again. I usually hate it when they keep reusing the same devices, but as far as I'm concerned, every single plot could be resolved like this. Seriously. 
The episode ends as such. Uh, Carly, how would you like to go out for an emulsified CO2 with lactic acid? What's that? A chocolate soda. <laughs> You're on. Which admittedly is kind of cute, but did Spike really ask her out for a chocolate soda? You'd think a kid who spends his time in video arcades would be aware that this isn't 1951. And now it's time for this week's science lesson. Well, when I saw the Decepticons working on it, I realized the ion flow could be redirected by a simple wire crossing. If you ever have a problem with any kind of technology, ever, just reverse the polarities. Works every time. Oh, but sir, this isn't a car. This is Bumblebee. Yeah? Now let's see it buzz and make honey. Uh, maybe I can explain, but without actually buzzing. 